Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Most people cannot handle the capacity of responsibility for more than. And I'm going to tell you right here and now, there's no way in God's green earth, I'm telling you, listen to me, there's no way in God's green earth that you can handle rightfully the responsibility of, of people in the multitudes and have intimacy. You can't do it. Jesus couldn't do it. Jesus' system, now you're, gonna, you're not going to like this, but I don't care. Jesus' system eventually broke down outside of the influence of the twelve. And seriously, it's true. Because, and that's what he tried to teach. That's what Moses tried to teach when Jethro, he's like, break them in groups because if you got it too big, you can't keep an intimate touch on them. And that's when you become the steward over the soul. And, it, it, and it's very hard if, it, if, it's, if, it's, if it's a lot. You know what I mean? So don't, don't get me wrong. The Jesus style works. Understand what I'm saying. But you notice how like, Pete, look, Peter, James, and John, Judas, he's got 12. Judas goes AWOL, and Peter uh, needs rehab, for crying out loud. And he, he was Jesus Christ. He had 12 guys. And there's no telling what was going on with these other guys and the levels of dysfunction that he was probably constantly supervising and changing and correcting and leading and guiding. You're going to do this with 100 people? Now, listen, this is what I'm saying. Now, I, most people don't want that level of of, of relationship, but here's what I'm saying. You, you might have five in your assignment. Five's plenty. If you're going to be effective, five is plenty. Two is plenty. One is plenty. I'm being serious, man. This is not from the guy with nobody. See, this is why I'm, I, I could speak about this. We might not have 10,000, but we've got the hundreds, this takes constant effort and energy because every person that has access into my life and your life creates, you have to understand this now, creates, if you give people access into your life, they create responsibility. That's why people that give you that baloney story like, well, you know, I just don't want to get, no, you don't want the responsibility of keeping relationship. A lot of people that use the excuse about getting close to people are really being serious. They're, it's not about being close to people. or go, They don't want to go out of their way because they don't want the responsibility of what it takes to maintain fr friendship. It's true because sometimes we get selfish and now the phone's going to ring. I got to go do. I got to go out of my way. And selfishness sometimes puts us in this position where, like, I don't need to get involved with this because why? Every relationship you have has created responsibility in your life, and you know it's true. And then it's like, wow, so what did you do? You sometimes are void of relationships because you don't want responsibility that comes with the relationship, so therefore you'd rather not have relationship. That's good. That's PhD stuff right there. It's true. You know, but you got to understand this. You were created for a specific purpose 
and a very special purpose. Now, this is big. You, pro- you, you solve problems in the earth. Now, I really don't want to get off this just too quick because I'm choosing to be chosen. Now, here's a big one. What if my assignment isn't big? Well, it's big in God's eyes. And this is what starts happening. People's Instagram life is not real. People's Facebook profile is not real. They are showing you the best version of them, and that ain't even true because half of it is a bunch of baloney, okay? So what I'm saying is everybody thinks, like, somebody's life's better than mine or, you know, I always say grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, well, you still got to mow it, so it's all, it's all work. You know what I mean? No, that's not, that's not what I want you to look at. Um, somebody's got a better life than me. Somebody's got a better calling than me. Somebody, listen, you must understand that God will assist you to find your divine assignment, but when you discover it, you can't despise it. You know what I mean? And I think this is the problem because is it really about being in relationship with God or is it really about my ego producing some persona before people that I think I'm here to impress. The greatest day, listen to me, because I've already been here. I'm on the other side of it. Trust me, I wasn't here in the beginning. In the beginning, I'll tell you a story, right? <laughs> you want to laugh? I was, it was, ni- I got to save in 94. So it was like before Bible school. So that's 97. So between ni- 96, probably 96, right before I went, I was, I was getting in the arena of, 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 of Christianity at another level. You know, I had been asked to go do some stuff. I wasn't preaching stuff, but I was, I was close to stuff that was kind of grooming me for the next thing. And I, I told Pastor Liz a story. She laughed when I told it. I was like in this conference, and, and Charisma magazine was like, you know, the hottest thing in the world. You know, everybody got Charisma, and you flipped. It was like, it was like I used to call it like, it was the, you know, it was like the uh, GQ, you know, Kind of like, like, you know, the GQ magazine for preaching and what was going on. And I'm not being arrogant or rude. Please understand me. But it was like that, you know. And you're young and you're kind of impressionable. And you, like, you flip through the pages. Like, Ooh, conference here. Ooh, conference there. And these guys are going to be at this conference. And, you know, come on, you're crazy. You're a little starry-eyed, you know. It was funny. And I would see these guys and it was like, you know, it was like the, you know, I don't know, the magazines at the, at the grocery store. Now, Charisma's a great magazine. Please, please don't take this the wrong way. But for, you know, we would flip through, like, what conference is coming? Because you didn't have internet. You didn't have this stuff. You know, you didn't have, you didn't, we didn't have, uh, uh, you know, Google and all this stuff. We didn't even have the internet, you know? So it was like, you get the magazine, you come and like flip through, ooh, look at this conference. It's close. We can go. And, you know, and I remember like, so I, I, I got connected to a buddy of mine who were doing ministry. And they, were doing, they were doing ministry worldwide. I mean, like, they were flying around the country. It was like, it was, it was happening. And they, were, they, were, they invited me to come to stuff and do stuff and serve. And, man, in the last season of life um, that I was in right before Bible school, I was at a conference. And I felt like I was really getting groomed for the next level of whatever God had. And I never forget this as long as I live. I was kind of getting recognized in the arenas a little bit. And it was kind of, it was, it was, it was, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it wasn't. It was kind of like almost like, yeah, man. Because you, you stay in darkness for so long that when you kind of come out of obscurity a little bit, you, you kind of, you clap about it a little bit on the inside. Now, this is where you're at. This is where every one of you are at. But you're at there with a promise. 
you know, you wanted like, you want, the, you want the wife or you want the kids or you want the job or you want the money or you want the prosperity area of life or you want more of God, whatever it is. And you're like in obscurity for so long, just cultivating and grinding and it doesn't look like anything's changing and you look home and you get frustrated and then you get a glimpse, like a, like a glimpse. A glimpse comes out. And you're like, man, I'm getting somewhere. Like, you know, it's, it's paying off. You know what I mean? Because like some seasons of this thing for years, it doesn't look like any of this stuff's paying off. This is really good, ain't it? You're like, I've just been faithful for 10 years. I didn't see nothing. Trust me, God's working. So I get in this thing, man, and I know it's getting ready to happen. You know it's going to happen. And I'm in worship, and the Lord's like dealing with my heart. Like, you know, I was worshiping God, and he's like, and I'm going, God, man, the Lord's asking me on the inside because, you know, you, you, you're trying to get somewhere. And it was like, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I never forget I made a turn right there just to go see God. And you know what was crazy? I, I left a place of probably compromise that if I would have, could have, I don't know, I went back to a greater place of commitment, but it brought me to a, a greater place of obscurity. And, 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 and almost um, a, a season of wilderness that cannot, can't be explained. See this? And then process again. And you think, like, well, man, wouldn't God taking you? No, it took me to a place deeper. Really wild. Took me to a place deeper. Um, because that's, that's kind of like what happens is you make these commitments like, God, whatever, and then he takes you deeper. God, where? And then he takes you deeper. God, what? And then he takes you deeper. And it's almost like this. Don't come out early for what you've been purposed for without being cultivated. Because if you're not on time, the weight of, of the, the place could almost be too pressing that you're not prepared last season for where he's taking you this season. And therefore the weight of it has pressed some people so hard they quit because they didn't allow the preparation time, they fell short of the finish line because they didn't allow the preparation time to become what? They didn't allow the, we just watched, the, look, I cannot understand the Olympics, I'm sorry. Me and Pastor Liz go through this. I was like, look, dude, I understand about, I understand like, you know, and we just came out of this thing and I was thinking about this, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. But you know, I'm like, again, everybody makes mistakes. I understand that, and I'm not, I'm not going on the thing. But what I'm saying is basic fundamentals. If you've been prepping for four years to do something, you should have the basic fundamentals of this thing down. End of story, bro. Like, you could have a mental break. I understand. But look, functionality shouldn't even be a question anymore. And everybody's like, well, you know, and let me tell you something. All you people that are like, well, you knew you didn't do, you didn't train for this thing, and who are you to say, look, dude, if that's exactly right, I didn't train for it. You were supposed to be training for it. 
When the thing shows up, dude, and I'm not talking about the girl that had the problem with thinking. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about they're dropping stuff. They don't execute. Listen, you prepared for something for four years. This is what you're doing spiritually. You, you're, you're, you're in this incubator preparing. Nobody's around. Nobody sees you. They get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and it's dark, and they got to go train, and they gotta, they're in obscurity, and they're covered up, and they're, they probably don't want to do it, and the Olympics are 20 years away that they're going to go for, and they got to get up every day. and That's what you're doing in the spirit. But so help me, God, there's going to be a day when you come out, and God is going to want to know, are you ready? And you cannot pull the Moses, and you cannot pull, what do you mean? You know, well, you know, and the next thing you know, wander around the desert 40 years. Because I didn't cultivate in that season, that quiet season, what I need to prepare for, for this spiritual season. This is why execution is so important. This is why you got to get up today and tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after and mentally prep and, and push and, and allow yourself to be persuaded to action to build spiritual truths to transform your life because we don't know. Listen, man, you might touch five. You might touch 50. You might touch 5,000. I don't know. Maybe you're the salvation of your family. I don't know. And to be straight up, I don't care. But you got an assignment in life. And you better stop looking at everybody else's assignment and go, oh, your assignment looks better than mine. If God wanted you to have that assignment, he would have made you them. God made you you. God made you you for somebody else that's like you. This is what I'm trying to say, man. Embrace the place. And that's what I was trying to say. My life took a whole new direction when I embraced the place. And everybody's like, well, you know, Pastor Chris, you got a cool job. No, I've, I'm in my purpose because I had to seek the assignment. God has qualified you to become a solution to someone. It's essential that you discover your purpose in life and give yourself totally to it. And when you, this is true, and when you discover your purpose, you're going to experience great peace. That's true. That's so true. It's going to experience great peace. I'm going, to, I'm going to drop down a little bit, right? Look at Matthew. I'm going to go to Matthew 3.15. His plan for your life will require a personal decision on your part to cooperate. That's so true. So true. Matthew 3.15. His plan for your life will require a personal decision. It's the God's honest truth. Man, I'm telling you what. Check this out. Look at this. And Jesus answered and said it to him, suffer it to be so now. Woohoo! Said it to him, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then what? He suffered him. Look at that. Then he suffered him to what? Jesus answered and said to him, suffer it to be so for now, for thus it becomes us to fulfill righteousness. That's why you're doing it. Now, I'm going to explain that. Then he suffered him. Now, what do you mean? He's saying like this. He said, Jesus said, I got to suffer to keep right standing with God. That's righteousness. Then he suffered him. What do you mean? 
you're, 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 you're producing what you're producing and you're doing what you're doing to fulfill all righteousness. You're going to suffer for righteousness sake. You're not suffering because you're being pressed in and pushed around. I suffer to cease from sin. It's obedience. Is that, are you, is that clicking? It's obedience. Jesus' answer say what? Suffer it to be so for now because you're fulfilling righteousness. Well, I want to retaliate, fulfill righteousness, suffer. I want to say something, can't, suffer for righteousness sake, right standing with God. I want to do this, can't do it. Why? I have carnal inclinations and desires I want to fulfill, can't do it, suffer for righteousness. I want to compromise because it's easier than this path I'm on, can't do it, suffer for righteousness. If you're going to keep right standing with God, you're going to suffer. Because you're not going to be able to get what you want. You're not going to be able to find the easy way. This is Christianity 101. It becomes a sacrifice. Telling you. There's a lot of stuff that matters. Where you are determines who recognizes your potential. Those who recognize your potential determine the favor that comes towards you. Here's a big thing. Some of them say, well, I can go where I want it. No, when you're with the right people, the best comes out of you, and the worst part of you will die. That's, that's why association is so important. When you're with the right people, with the right family of God, the best part of you will flourish, and the wrong part of you will start dying. Because you got to understand something. Success is always linked to a place the place for your assignment. Now, I got news for you. There's a bunch of people in the earth. They will never find their place to fulfill their assignment. That's why they're miserable. You don't think there's going to be process through this thing? Look at Joseph, man. Look at Joseph in Genesis 37.3. Joseph, Joseph, had a dream. The favoritism of his father did not really cause Joseph to become this guy that thought he was on a high horse. You know what I mean? The purpose that God gave him allowed him to have access to a vision that after he explained it to everybody, they wanted to kill him for it instead of embrace it. Because that's a big thing too. Some of you guys' purposes are big, and when you share them with people that don't feel like you deserve it, and you want to know what it is, here's the most, here's the big problem here. You want to, I'll help you here. Right? A lot of people, the reason why they get jealous of your dream is they don't feel like it's not as much as they want your dream. They just don't think you're qualified to have that kind of level of dream for your life. Does that make sense? Like, they're not mad like, oh, I want to be you. I want to be you. No, that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is this. They're basically saying to you is, I want to be me, but I don't think you should be what God called you to be. And because of that, I'm jealous about it. And they try to deter you and discourage you 
from stepping into your God-given purpose. Now, a lot of people, too, have this. They have identity issues, and for lack of, of, of individual understanding of identity, they copycat identities of others, and they believe that they're supposed to be something they're not supposed to be. You better be called, man. That's why I could say this. This is so good. This is why I think the church is, is weak right now. And I'm going to tell you, there's whole straight-up denominations out there, ministry organizations and church organizations that have literally, literally done this. They've started, they've started church, and there's nothing wrong with this, but it's dangerous in a sense if you do not really govern it right. You can, do, you can take this church thing like a hobby and go start a club, and you can get somebody that can communicate. That's no problem. But the problem is, you don't need a communication. You need an anointing. In the last days that we're going to step in, you know what I'm saying? So like, hey, it's like, it's like church became like, you know, a, a fast food chain. Here's where you put it. Here, here's the good looking family you put in it. You, and I'm not knocking. You're like, oh, you're jealous because they got 80. I don't care about any stuff. I've already discovered who I am. I don't care who anybody else is. But I'm trying to tell you what the deception is because this is what the enemy's done. He said, you want to start them? Start them. Just, just keep them, just keep them, just keep them like light and easy. So here's the fast food chain box. Here's the pretty family that fit in the box. Here's the communication in the box. And here's the Bible, which you need in the box. No problem. I don't have a problem with it. Just hear me. And then go for it. Okay? Well, if there's no anointing on it, do you think the devil's going to run away from it? So now watch this. So now you go, well, Pastor Chris, are we making it harder? No, that's not our assignment. This is our assignment. So sometimes it looks easier for someone else, but I go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is, is, is it, is it, now, if you're called to do it, go do it. But I think you got to be careful sometimes because what happens is we, we build this form of church and then you guys come in and it looks like you're fighting all that. Every devil in hell, every opposition in the earth, everything. That's part of your assignment. You have a different assignment. Now, I'm not saying you don't got an assignment. I don't even know if some of that stuff's right. I don't even know and I don't care and I'm not judging it. Please understand me. If they're preaching Christ, Jesus said get excited about it. So I'm excited about it. But you get what I'm saying. You go in there and start talking about it. Pray in tongues, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. Look, bro, they have to place a flip out. Why? Because this is the thing. A form of godliness without the power is simple to sit in. But when the power to change and transform and pushing you to the destiny that God has for you shows up, man, I tell you what, that takes a little bit more. Joseph had a dream, challenged everybody around him. They got so mad, they got jealous, they wanted to kill him. So when you get a God-given, when you get a God, when you choose your God-given destiny, you don't think, now listen, I'm not saying everybody has to have a grind, but if you're going to fulfill your God-given purpose, there's going to be a little grind in this thing. Look at Genesis 37.3. So true. Israel loved Joseph more than all the other children because it was the son of his old age. Now, realistically, is that right? No, probably that's whacked. You know what I mean? But it's okay. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody has to live through something. You know, like my mommy didn't love me. Well, you gotta love, you gotta find Jesus in that. 
You know, everything your parents weren't, everything relationships weren't, everything life wasn't, you have to lean on Jesus to become. You know, because he was a son, he made him a coat of many colors. Remember I told you don't take your coat off. And when his brethren saw that the father loved him more, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and told his brothers and they hated him even more. Isn't that so wild? So here's Joseph. What did Joseph do? His dad put favor on him. God gave him a dream. This has nothing to do with Joseph doing anything. He, he had a dream. He was rejected. He went to exile. He had a trial. He was judged. He was in the wilderness. He was lonely. He was prison. He was there. And it was all the incubator of his success. Who wants to sign up for that? Because unfair treatment's coming, man. And we, we got to talk about this stuff in the church because unfair treatment is coming. And I got news for you. Unfair treatment's coming to you whether you want it or not. When, look, this is true. Because once God starts putting these drink, this purpose in motion, you're going to get some unfair treatment. Your assignment may contain an, a season of insignificancy, but you have to train every day like there's a purpose at the end. And that is what I'm trying to get you to grab this whole month. Like, I, I, maybe you just get up for you. Great. Maybe you just pray for you. Great. Maybe you just read for you. Great. But on the other side, somebody's waiting for you. Whether it's one, two, three, four, or five people. Come on, somebody. You're a church member. You got to go reach out to people. Share the love of Christ. Remember this. When the dream came to Joseph, destiny was in motion. When the coat touched his body, destiny had begun. When adversity hit his life, Destiny was in jeopardy. When trials and tests were all around, destiny was on hold. When prison and pain was a way of life, destiny looked nowhere in sight. But when Joseph arose victorious and faithful, destiny was discovered. That is what it's about. And it's a journey, man. And that's what you're in. I promise you it's true. You're going to have to have a seasons of preparation. Isn't that good? Everybody's like, yeah, great. Well, Moses spent, spent the first 40 years of life, right, training, learning. He learned, he learned lessons of wisdom. He learned lessons of priesthood. He learned lessons. Moses messed up. Deliverer of Israel Came out early, kills an Egyptian, spends 40 years wandering in the wilderness. You want to know what I think Moses had a problem with? Moses doesn't become a protege till 80, still doesn't get in. Moses, and I said this, Moses had a problem with people, man. Because Moses, this is so good, Okay. Moses, Moses has a, a, a desire to be a deliverer of Israel, okay? When, when, when the Egyptian is slaying the Israelite, Moses, by action of purpose, comes out of timing, kills him, and then wanders for 40 years. 
Moses then had a problem later on in life when he struck a rock once too many times. Remember we talked about this not too long ago? He had a people problem. People moved Moses through passion and basically disobedience to disobey God, and because of it, it cost him his destiny. But I got news for you. People were constantly messing up Moses' relationship with God because of their actions, and it's always been triggering his life from the beginning to come out of what God said and react because of what man did. I'm telling you, man, and I think it's got to do with something, even from the beginning, fighting the illegitimacy within his own self of trying to identify where he belonged. Because he didn't really belong with the people he belonged with God. But every time he got near God, the people tried to draw him away to be with them. And that's the thing you got to learn. The process is never a problem. The process is safety so you could come out on the other side with the right posture. Because if you're not careful, if you short circuit some of the, the um, how do I want to say this for you to get it? If you short circuit some of the process, you're going to come out in front of people with the wrong posture, and that might cost you too much. That's why don't ever look at the preparation like it's a waste of time. It's not. It's a safety measure. You're going to have to hang on to this word, man. And you know what I like? Uh, look at first, I like this. I like that passion, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, 12, 13. I think that thing reads so good because you're going to get tested in this thing. You're going to get tested in your chosenness. Choosing to be chosen are you chosen? Then you're getting tested. That's so good, ain't it? You're going to get tested at what you believe. You're going to get tested at what you believe. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, Passion Translation, take your time. And we'll stop right here after this. All the tests they endured on their way through the wilderness are a symbolic picture and an example that provides us with a warning. This is Moses so that we can learn through what they experience. If we live in a time when the purpose of all the ages past is now completing its goal within us. See the purpose? So beware, if you think this could never happen to you, your pride becomes your downfall. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen, filter the severity, nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided you a way of escape that will bring you out of all of it victoriously. Isn't that cool? So now here's the thing. I'm going to leave you with this. It's lonely, it's quiet, 
It's dark. Now let me give you, I'm gonna give you the, I'm gonna give you the, the fast track. So this is the one-on-one. So here's what happens, right? This is why. Now let me give you the learning period here. You start this journey with God, and sometimes what happens is whether you're married, not married, whatever's going on, single, whatever, divorce, kids, okay. God takes you in this journey with him. In the beginning of this thing, it's great. Everything's rosy. Everything's fun. Everything's, ooh, yeah, look at the shiny things. God's a shiny things, God. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. You're happy. You feel good. It's all awesome. You're doing, woo, yeah. It's like merry-go-round. It's like Disneyland Christianity, right? First couple weeks, Disneyland Christianity, it's great. Then all of a sudden, you start grabbing some of these promises. Then he starts working on your character. Then you go in the incubator of isolation. Then you're fighting through all these things. Then these thoughts. Then these battles. Then this stuff. And now you're in this thing with nothing. There is not a promise in sight. There is not a change anywhere. And you are basically alone in a lonely, dark place. And all these Christians, I love you, but please shut it with the, I've never been there. I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't know what Christ is talking about. Be quiet. Okay? Because I got the PhD. It's somewhere in the office. And I'll show it to you and I got the PhD of life called Praise Him Daily. I got to figure this thing out, okay? So I had to work this out. I was obeying God, and I was living right, and I was praying in tongues, and I was reading the Bible, and I it was holier than holy. The holier than thou was my life, and guess what? It was lonely. It was, it was tough. It was tested. It was, it was dark. It was unseen. It was unheard. It was obscure. And I wasn't trying to be in the ministry. I was just trying to stay sane. Hello? You know what I'm talking about? Amen? Praise the Lord. And you got to hang on when nothing looks like it's working and you're giving and it don't look like the money's funny and you're praying, and your body's supposed to be right, and it don't look like you're getting better. Look, you're like the one with the issue of blood. It's getting worse. And you like, and you got to hang on, and you feel like you're hanging on by a thread. You're like, hanging on. It's like a little hanging on. I'm hanging on, God. And you pray in their prayers. Oh, God, why has thou forsaken me? You're hanging on. And you want to quit, but you can't quit because you know there's nothing to go back to. And you're there one day. You make a decision somewhere. I don't know what day it was, but you make a decision. You know what? Forget it. If this is it and it doesn't get no better and I got to walk out what I cannot see and walk out what I don't understand and walk out only by what I believe, I tell you what, God, I'm going with you. I don't care how dark, how midnight, how unknown, how I do not know. I'm not going to live by what I see. I'm going to live by what I believe. When you have that moment, that you don't care about nothing else. My theology has exploded. I can't explain it. I don't understand. But I'm going to trust you anyway. I'm going to believe you anyway. I'm going to hang out anyway. I'm going to keep walking when I cannot see. I'm going to trust you and obey. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to do what you told me to do. And God, I don't know what's going on. When you have that moment. You're going to look back at all that preparation time, all that five minutes in tongues, and all the things you were at. Come on, man. And you're going to get a fortitude on the inside of you. Man, I used to run away from this stuff. Listen to me. Look at me. I used to run away from this stuff. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to win. You'd be tormented, man. The enemy tries to torment you. 
with fear and anxiety and all this stuff. And if it wasn't that stuff, it's like, oh, my God, the unknown and the worry and the fear and the fret and the cares and all this stuff. And it's all coming at you. And then you got kids and now you got it. No, no, no. If my God be for me, no one can be against me. It's something switches on the inside of you. Something just happens. My God in heaven, I feel the Holy Ghost. Something just happens. Well, God, God, you know what? I might, I'm willing to stand forever. I'm not going to have to stand very long. I'm standing and believing, but this is what the process is about. Joseph could have quit. Moses could have quit. Peter could have quit. Jesus could have quit. There was no quit in them. I didn't say there was no pain. It was all painful. But they didn't quit because they knew. I've been chosen for something greater than what I could see, and now i got to prepare. John the Baptist said it best. He said he was one that said, repent, and he prepared the way of the kingdom. He was in the wilderness crying out. The wilderness was not a place of isolation because of punishment. The wilderness was a place of isolation to prepare a way for the king. That is what your wilderness is. A lot of you are not disobedient. It's your wilderness is a place of preparation to pray out your future, to press into your future, to press into what God has for you. It's not a place of punishment. It's a place of isolation to pray and press, to cultivate this stuff. You can't, let me tell you now, man, come on, bro. You cannot cultivate the muscle of faith without pressure. You cannot cultivate the muscles of confession without pressure. You cannot cultivate Christianity without isolation seasons when it doesn't look like none of it's happening. That is how it happens. The moment you discover this, your life changes forever because it's true. God has a purpose for your life. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a destiny for your life. And the minute you embrace the place, you're going to start working on the process of change to fulfill and choose to be chosen. And here's the thing. you got to believe in you now. I believe in you now. There was a day in my life I told God, screaming in a post office, why in the heaven Am I even in the ministry, and what in the world am I doing? There ain't a person in the earth knows who I am or what I'm doing. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you are in that preparation time, and when they come, you're going to understand how valuable they are because right now you don't see nothing. I am promising you this. The minute you and me make it a priority, You, the minute you start believing in you, because God's in you. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I believe in me. I believe I'm a person of purpose. I believe I'm a person of change. I'm a change agent in the earth. Then guess what? You're going to prepare like one. You're going to pray like one. You're going to read like one. You're going to pray in the spirit like one. You're going to get ready like one. You're going to show up to church on time like one. The only problem with people is this. They don't have vision for their life. Once they get the vision for their life and they understand they've been chosen for a greater assignment, they choose to be chosen, their life is going to take on a whole new meaning. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person listening at the sound of my voice. I thank you that you're going to lead them, you're going to guide them, and you're going to help them make the choice to choose to be chosen and change their future forever. Father, I thank you for the word of God shall not return void. It's going to go out into their life and bring the change and the restoration and the plan and the purpose that they need in every season of their life. And Father, I just thank you right now 
for moving supernaturally in their midst so they could understand their God-given assignment and their God-given purpose. Let them choose to be chosen and let them be the champions they've been called to be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everybody said amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. I love you. I'm going to see you Sunday. Don't forget, 9 and 1030. And we're getting ready for a brand new season in the house of the Lord. We're in overflow. Come on out and see us. It's been an awesome time and we are enjoying each and every minute being with you guys. Thank you for sharing and thank you for joining us this Wednesday and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. I'll see you Sunday morning. God bless you. We love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.